Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thursday episode of the week of Church is Stupid. Comma, but. This is our third or fourth attempt at starting this podcast because I stink at introductions. So, everybody, hi, I'm Andy. I'm Ruth. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kate. We didn't give a special guest introduction oh. this time. No, we didn't, but uh, Kate but is our Kate. special guest yeah. returning oh, from our Tuesday awesome. episode. She's our um, social media director and wonderful in all things and coming off of literally running two services for ooh. us. So thanks for being here and yeah. not falling asleep yet. I took a big nap before I came. So <laughs> I respect like that. It's like two o'clock. <laughs> exactly. And I took a big nap. <laughs> your point? <laughs> I woke up at like 11. <laughs> That was more my point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So we get to talk about uh, doubt and more or less a question of mine that was raised at the end of last episode, starting off this episode. Yeah. Is this correct? Did nobody else has anything else that we yeah. need to clear up before that? I would highly recommend listening to the Tuesday episode before this one. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, this was, will make zero sense. Because the overall topic was about doubt, but we got into some very specific uh, subjects that we will now be continuing yes. on this episode. Speaking of, who wants to start off? Because I wasn't really talking about him as much as he's... I think Andy Ruth was and Andy trying was. to, and then you said words. So Hey, he's allowed to say words. This is not just... Yeah, Ruth, I'm allowed to say words. Not in our Even house. if I don't do them now, well. Now? <laughs> okay, yes, sir. This is what you're doing. Yes, this Andy. is what I want you to do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I brought up this topic of, um, like the, the church in itself, I don't know how to phrase what I was saying at all now. And now I, I kind of stink. We were talking about information, um, mm-hmm. and some, some of the generational differences in terms of how they are exposed to and how they handle doubt. And one of the points that we brought up was this idea of with these newer generations, information is available mm. at any time for them like at any point in any place sort of a thing and how that is a huge difference in the way that you know that you that you find out you know who you are and what you believe sort of a thing and i think that we were talking about this idea of maybe church nowadays should be or could be a more discussion mm-hmm. based sort of service if if we if church were to still hold some kind of Sunday service or something like that, where it wasn't focused as much on a lead, like a pastor preaching to a congregation, but rather someone opening a, dis- a topic for discussion sort of a thing. And then my point of answers are the enemy of the church. That's where I was at. Yeah. Yes. yes. And that's where we started. I would love to hear things. more, more about this. So. I think, I think we have to clear up a few things first. How do you, how are you defining the church? Cause I feel like there are, couple different ways you were in sin there was like the two things i think we needed to clear up first yep um church in particular is a community of believers um and in this case a community of believers that have a common faith and that that common faith is built on a set of common laws and it's very basic like definition of church and uh, church community kind of thing okay and in that um the violation to those set of laws is what would be considered a sin in this context of everything. And that's because of like this whole idea of Easter and Jesus coming and dying for our sins kind of thing. Um, and it has to do with that whole like concept of Jesus came to die for our sins, but yet he didn't come to die for like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like it's like society didn't view 
Jesus coming and dying is like a forgiveness of crimes a forgiveness of that kind of thing. And so that exists outside of the realm of sin. And those are like community, like community based laws that people violate, which aren't in fact like sins. Okay. I mean, they could, they could also be sins because they're based out of like what the community views as wrong and they develop from laws of like common man into religious laws. Sure. And we see that in like Leviticus and uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy, like all of those books mm-hmm. that list off all the laws and all that kind of stuff. But you get this like the church based sins and like church based like sins and that kind of a thing. And you mean like Christian church based or are yeah, you saying yeah, the, the idea of church in general I, I'm, I'm going here off of christian church based sure and I, I may be like stumbling through my words here but that's because i'm like trying to think at the same time that i'm talking and i totally get it too no, well. i totally get it um but it has to go out like i'm, I'm gonna use this one because it's like the most prime example but uh a law that's in the bible of uh, a man laying with another man of like being gay being a sin and that kind of a thing is most likely only a sin because at the time it was considered wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it was put into the Bible and because it was like a law of the time that it became a law of Christianity. Right. That has well, now evolved and now society doesn't view it as a law, but religion views it as a law. I I think... It I may I, be confusing I, more than I'm actually like... I know, I, I think I get what you're saying, but I don't... If you're saying becoming that it became a law of Christianity, are you saying like over like like if we are to believe what we believe that we ha- that we should or have to view it that way, or are you saying historically what happened is that it it did become law or ge- the general law of Christianity? Because because I'm trying to figure out if when you're talking about just just the reality of church the christian church and sin and sins becoming like relative to the christian church and not necessarily anything else i'm trying to figure out if you're saying that historically that is what happened or if you're trying to say in order for you to believe in christianity like you have to believe that that should be law or that it that it just inherently is cuz i think they're two different like realms of discussion entirely. If you're just saying historically, historically, like these sins, you know, or, or, or these actions, let's say historically were treated as sins in the Christian church versus if you believe Christianity now, you have to believe that they are inherently just because they are actually sins. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I do know what you mean. I'm also thinking that I've confused everything that I've ever, that I've done. <laughs> just, I don't think I'm making sense, and I think we probably should just restart this. Um, mm. Well, I guess for me, I'm trying to, like I said, I'm trying to suss out exactly exactly your differentiation between sin and and, and law breaking, and I think I think they are two they are two separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, sin sin scripturally is defined as um, something that separates you from from God's love, and to sin is to violate one of the Ten Commandments, right? That's the sin. I'll, um, I'm gonna expound on that and say that also I think sin because it it's one of the ten commands, but also it separates you from God. So everybody can have a different definition of sin. With so to mm-hmm. me, something may be morally wrong where you feel it's not morally wrong, mm-hmm. but I feel that it's gonna come between my relationship between mm-hmm. me and God. Whereas you, you're you're completely fine with that. I think 
That just needed to be clarified. You are 100% correct, which is what I was going to say. And I love that you interrupted me to say it. Because when Jesus came, essentially, Jesus said, you guys are getting way, 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 way too hung up on the literal definition of the law. Like, you are becoming way uh, obsessed with, like, essentially the letter of the law and equating that to sin. And that's not what it is. Sin is this thing that separates you from God. And what separates you from God? Not loving God and not loving your neighbors, correct? Those are the two the two biggest sins that Jesus talks about. That's basically how I was taught to and, view Jesus' gospel. And as we as we move on into Paul, we read lots of stuff that talks about how that can play out in a way where um, if I were to do something actively believing that God would hate it and was mm-hmm. doing it, and I did it anyway, then I would be sinning in my heart because I would al- be allowing something to take a place of more love mm-hmm. than than God. Uh, which is where idolatry and things. So it comes it comes back to separating. I, I think that's that's one of the points of the gospel is that this this aspect of of Jesus coming and saying, "Hey, you're taking these letters of the law and ma- and just distorting them." When that's not their purpose. Their purpose is to to help you realize that God wants you to, or to help keep you in right relationship with God. That's the whole point. Every time you sin, it, it distance your relationship with God. Now, if you're talking about sin that way, having an understanding of sin outside of a Judeo-Christian world makes very little sense. But you can start to see how it works. For instance, if somebody murders someone, how do we define that person? As a murderer, correct? Mm-hmm. And so we allow that, that sin to permeate into their being. Right? And it affects every aspect of their personality. Mm -hmm. Which is just a different understanding of sin. But then the gospel teaches that that person, they might have been permeated by this sin of being a murderer, but Christ still loves them and died on the cross for them. So that way they don't have to be that anymore. They don't have to be defined by that and can still have a relationship with God. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Am I helping yeah. or hurting, or did I un- not understand your argument? I don't know if I even understood my argument when I brought it up. Because, like, it's... Sorry. I've, I, I've realized you're, you're that okay. I've that, pretty that's much why, um, That's why I wanted to talk about it, though, because I wanted to, to see... Depending on your definitions of what they are, mm-hmm. it can fall into different philosophical and moral, like, outside-of-the-church arguments, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why it's important to have these conversations, because... Again, there there are there are not perfect answers. There are not like this is one hundred percent like you have you hear this and you have to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. There will not, there is not the the perfect fact driven answer to that question. Despite what unfortunately what the church historically has tried to say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the reality is that exactly it's not that's not cut and dry. We're not like we're not going to get back to some ultimate undeniable. Here is the proof mm-hmm. until our Lord and Savior comes back again <laughs> in the <laughs> second coming of Christ. But because there are things, there are ways to look at the information around us and see that it doesn't necessarily contradict what we believe, mm-hmm. and that's. The problem is that we're afraid that it does contradict. And so that's why I wanted to talk about your definition of sin and how it relates to 
a, a human's moral code, like the, the moral code of, of humanity and the ethical hmm. code that's, that so, some philosophers believe is embedded in you and some do not. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to sit here in line and say that every philosopher has always believed that by any means. But it does relate to a bunch of different cultures. You can see how certain rules or laws have been seen as bad. And also, people tend to be defined by their worst qualities, unfortunately, which can show the permeation of sin within somebody's lives. So, so there are ways to indicate and show the scriptural concepts from concepts that out- exist outside of the church. But if we never take the time to explore that, all we see is, well, you're only sinning because the church told you you were. So it's only defining you because the church is forcing you. But mm-hmm. we actually define people that way all the time outside of the church. Right. We just don't see that and we don't connect those things. Yeah. And if you never take the time to sit down, and, and I probably did a very poor, I apologize to my ethics teacher <laughs> and my <laughs> philosophy teacher because I probably did your arguments a huge disservice today. However, I think that there are ways that we can sit down and approach it. And, and that's not even, again, to say that I gave you the absolute end-all be-all. This is the answer the end. Hmm. No, I don't think there's an end. I think that's why doubt is so important because we continue to pursue that information and why shutting down people when they feel doubt is the worst possible way <laughs> to move forward. Like how how could you drive <laughs> how there's I mean it's not like it's the it's the worst thing that you could do like to any Christian, but also shaming someone and beating them down for struggling to believe something. Like how could you drive someone further away from God? Like any other way than just to make them feel like a horrible person for wondering about what they believe in kind of a thing. It's how, how are you bringing them closer to a relationship with God that you claim is the basis of why you believe what you, you know, what you choose to believe. How could you, like, how many other ways could be more effective at, you know, just driving someone away from that sort of relationship than, you know, literally making them feel like a horrible person and a horrible Christian for trying to figure out why they believe mm-hmm. Yeah, like, is it really so hard to just sit down with them or pick up the phone and talk to them and just say, hey, like, I I get you have these doubts, and I want to help you work through these doubts so Mm -hmm. that you can have a stronger relationship with Christ. Like, I don't want to push you away, because how can I still feel like I should have a relationship with God if I'm going to push somebody else away Mm -hmm. from that relationship? Well, and the biggest fear, I think, is exactly what Andy had said, is that the church is obsolete. That's the fear of every one of those people who refuses to acknowledge doubts is that because is that is that Christ is obsolete in today's world. Hmm. And I don't believe that that's true at all. I hmm. believe, as Kate has, has indicated, that there are different ways we could approach church that I think would be far more successful and reach people in the, in the ways we intend to hmm. today. But that doesn't make the ch- it, it doesn't make Christ obsolete in today's world. Hmm. But yeah. we have to be willing to accept that other people might come to different soli- or come to different answers. Yeah. And if we don't allow people that freedom and that opportunity, then 
why is what you believe important then? Why is what you believe important? And also, do they really believe it? Yeah. Or are they just doing it because it makes you feel better? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have I helped? Have I I hurt? Have I... I think we've confused everything that I said from the beginning of this, and I think that's completely my fault um, (laughs) on everything. Um, And I think that's... Yeah. I'm trying like I'm trying to work through things and like be able to explain it all. And I think that's really an issue. Um because it doesn't help that we normally sit down at this table and then like basically decide what we're going to say almost right before we start to record. Yeah, and I just kind of gunned <laughs> us through it. Um but, but I I'm trying to think of the, like how to how to explain what I like I, I'm more meaning because it's not just a question of like sin and Jesus coming for like as a solution to the church made sin. But it seems like a lot of times with Christianity and with religions and with a lot of different and I'm putting this out there to like religions is that religion creates its own problems so that it can solve it. I think that's a I think Mm -hmm. they do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like. Sorry, I've spent an entire semester studying, like, different religious philosophies of all this kind of stuff. Mm. And it completely makes sense that religion is a... And I'm going to sound like a prick for saying this, but, like, religion is made up so that society has a way to bind itself together. Or so that there is controlling factors on different individuals. Which is, I believe, a combination of, like, Durkheim, Tweed and like four other philosophers, like ideas of things. And I have to write a paper about it in like a couple of days. And so it's been on my mind. Mm. Um, But that we have faith in something that we have no evidence in at all. But this thing that we have faith in solves our problems of like self-identification of different things like that. And like of the things that other people in society would hold against us of like different solutions to things like that. And so it kind of makes sense that we created this being so that we wouldn't feel as bad about, like, the things that we do. Does that make sense? So from from a, again, if I take this outside of a a Christian perspective, from the, from a philosophical and and non-religious standpoint, that is actually an accurate depiction of why religions exist. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why it's one of the tenets necessary for civilization. Like, that's how you can tell when a civilization has come, because they have created a religious institution. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it, it allows them mm-hmm. the freedoms to to have some sort of structure and blame, things they don't understand they can put up to. So, ultimately... But just So, I think that's where the major doubt comes in everything. What is it about Christianity that makes it correct compared to any other religion? Well, that's my question for or you. Or the Judaism, or why? Why are you here in this context then? Why am I a part of the United Methodist Church? Well, I don't know why. Why are you am a I a Christian? part of? Uh, because I was raised this way, and society expects it of me at this point. Okay. Hmm. Um, and that's that's sorry. That's been my ideal for a long time. Is that it is easier for me to accept the Christian God than for me to accept other gods because the people who are around me also accept the Christian God. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I fully question and fully accept that 
you know what? Greek gods could be equivalent to like what our God is now. And the reason why so many Greeks would under like, I feel like I'm confusing everything that I'm saying as soon as I'm saying it. I think you're being very clear right now. Yeah, I, I think right now say, the I, yeah. been. I, um, I think I you think, should keep going. Yeah. yeah, I think you're articulating your own struggle with, are you really a Christian? I doubt if I am. Yeah, all the time. Well, that's mm. that's where um, I think I think that's we're just w- listening to your struggle mm. um, with those, and I think that that's part of life is that you have the freedom and the right and the the necessary ability to to struggle with that, mm. and. Yeah, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Feel free to keep, keep and so thinking. My, my major thing and my major like doubt comes from this idea. Why is the Christian God of the Bible, the one who performs miracles all the time, why did he disappear? 2,000 years ago, we see a God creating miracles, doing hand-over-hand, intervening, telling people his visions, uh, getting people to write down books for him, and now he's gone. I think mm. too. I don't necessarily think he's. I think it depends on your beliefs. I think it depends if you believe that you if you believe in him, then you're not going to necessarily think he's gone. I know today's like society has. It's a lot worse than it. I don't want to say worse, but it's like it's a lot more confusing than it used to be, and there's a lot more barriers between finding figuring out what our beliefs are and I think because everybody everybody's beliefs are different that's why we have so many different religions that teach different things because one religion isn't going to work for everybody I just think I don't necessarily think that he went away and again my beliefs I just don't think we just can't physically see him and touch him and feel him like we can we can hear him and we can see him through things that through like nature and things like that but we don't we don't have that oh what's the word I'm looking for uh we don't have that I don't know but it's just like we we can't we can't like reach out and touch him we can't be like Doubting Thomas and reach out and touch the that empirical whole, evidence. Yeah, we we don't have that evidence that's like right in front of our faces. I I don't know if that made any sense. It does, but my question so, still remains: Is where's yeah. the pillar of salt? Where's the pillar of fire? Like we have this God who does miraculous miracles, intervening in human life for let's say two thousand years before the birth of Christ. Uh, I. You could attach whatever time frame you want to it. But for that entire length of time, we see God intervening, God causing miracles, God doing, like, all this kind of stuff. And it's—and then he—like, you come to this new set of 2,000 years, the new century, and there is—there's no evidence for God. There's no miracles. There's no, like— reason to believe i think that that is actually completely dependent because there are miracles still Mm -hmm. they just aren't as prevalent and i totally understand what you're saying they they definitely aren't as prevalent necessarily in in the united states or at least you know like you would think if there were they were they'd been caught on film or something right there would be some sort of some sort of documentation mm-hmm. if think, they were still occurring. I think it's the culture of 
if you don't have a picture or a video of it, it didn't happen. And in addition to the media, likes their big stories are all the bad things that happen. We rarely see, we like. Issue with that is that the biggest story in the world would be proof of God. And any miracle that happened would be proof of God. See, but the thing, like, I feel like at this point, the miracles are small. Like, they're, I don't want to say smaller because they're not smaller, but they're more, we don't necessarily portray them as miracles because there's, like, there's medical miracles all the time. But at the same point, doctors and scientists are going to try and figure out a way to say that, oh, yeah, it's just because I'm such a good doctor or something like that. Mm. And I could be completely taking that. Like I could, that's just my view of it. But like there are like the, there's, there's lots of little things that, but they like have big meaning to like a group of people. So like to one family might experience something that they never thought would happen. And that's a, and that's their miracle. I think it's just, it's not, the things haven't been as big, hasn't, haven't been on such a wider scale, they've been more individualized because people are very individual now and groups are individual. Well, I think if you look outside of the cultural context of, of Western European type societies, they would argue that miracles do still exist in multiple different ways. If you look at the spiritual movements happening um, in, in China, in Africa, in, in lots of um, countries like that, they still would say that miracles are occurring. And, and I do agree with you, Kate, that I think that a lot of miracles that we would see over here get written off very easily as well. Because at the end of the day, you can't prove anything was a miracle. Ever. Right? There's, there's no mean, way to look... a giant pillar of salt or a giant pillar of, you know, fire leading people through the desert. That was a cloud. But the pillar of salt was Lot's wife. And anyhow, I, I see what you're I, saying. I know that... But, like, those are things that couldn't be explained by anything else, period. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, like, medically speaking, there are people who just get better for some reason, or, like... There's people who get raised from the dead because of what we now say are medical reasons. Not that you can equate that 100% to, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone like Jesus laying hands on a seemingly dead person who suddenly comes back to life. Um, but, I, I don't know, I mean, I'm... I think today's I, mirror. Or- I I'm just I, I'm I'm even wondering is it even, and I'm not saying this like I believe it or that I don't believe it. I'm just saying, uh, how much of of what we know of miracles from the Bible, um, or maybe even almost the Bible or Torah or or the Bible collectively, I guess, like the New Testament or the Torah or the Bible in general, how much of what we know about miracles is strictly from that book or that collection of books. And how much of those could have been things that really did happen, but not the way that we think it's translated or the way that we perceive it or, or think it looks like based on how we perceive the reading. I, how much of those things could have been explained, let's say, by people now, but we don't view them that way because of how we interpret it through the way we read the Bible, I guess. And I'm not saying this to disprove or or anything. I'm. I, it's just something that I'm thinking that I think about a lot. Is mm-hmm. how who who knows what the um what the the cloud of fire 
or the the cloud guiding guiding the Israelites away from Jesus really even looked like. Mm. Like if it if 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 it really happened in a very particular way and it took a very particular form, how do we even know exactly what it looked like to those people? And if somehow that event were replicated today, how do we even know what it would look like today? Mm-hmm. Would it look like something that we would just say, oh yeah, I mean, it looks kind of like you could say it's that, but what if it's not? Like, well, in an, I, I don't know. In I mean, addition to stuff like that, there are actually a lot of studies on what are natural ways in which miracles occurred. And so it was, again, their definition of what, so like um, land bridges with Moses parting the Red Sea, mm-hmm. that there's a possibility that that is what happened instead of it just being like this, wah, but like sometimes hmm. that happens on, on waterways where like it could be a naturally occurring thing. The, the Star of David being above Bethlehem, that is a naturally occurring something. I can't remember what it is, but I've Ooh, seen. I'm like, so sorry. I did it again for the where there, like, there's third time today. Like there's, there's, you know, cartographers who, who mapped the stars when, mm-hmm. and noted when that star appeared. And so it's also very possible that God could have used. And, and again, these aren't perfect answers. Mm-mm. I think, I think that's ultimately what you're coming to is that these are, these are not perfect answers. Mm-hmm. The reality is that the things that you were bringing up are things that I, that I think, that other that people I think about with. like equally. Yeah. Yeah. I really For do. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so ultimately, and, and this is, this is what happens the, the further you do get into these arguments, which I think is why people do find it easier to just say, well, because God is God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the further you go down into these arguments, the more you're right. You will not hit definitive proof. You will not hit a definitive answer. And ultimately, you have to say, because I believe in God. That is what you have to do. But that process to get there is so important. You know, the reality of why I believe in God does not boil down to some amazing, perfect, logical argument that I can come to. The argument for why I believe in God is because I have experienced God. I have experienced the Christian God. That's my argument. That, and I think if you talk to most Christians, that would be their arguments as well. Is hmm. that fair? And I think that's what you're saying. And you're saying that's not necessarily good enough. Correct? I don't think you have to be ashamed of that. Which, yeah, you don't have to I'm be ashamed to like, say that. I, I, this isn't, this if is it definitely is, I'm not a shame like, a shame thing, but 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 you you could talk to somebody who's in a different faith, and they might say the exact same things. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, what is it that brings us to Christ, or why do we want to be disciples for Christ in that instance? Mm-hmm. And to me, it's because again, I've had a personal experience that I want to share with. After studying multiple religions, I have found the Judeo-Christian God to be the God that I believe in. And yeah. so that's why I want to, to share that. Mm-hmm. But all of your doubts, I think, are viable. I think they're legitimate things that, that questioning ultimately comes down to reaffirmation of you have to have faith in some things. And so the doubt is not the bad thing. Does that make sense? I don't even, I don't know. Maybe I didn't make any no, sense I, there. No, I think, I, I, think have, I get what you're saying. It's, it's. It is the tougher – the reality of being a Christian is that we are all aware that we believe in a God that we most likely can't definitively say that we have seen proof of. Mm-hmm. I think that all of us in some way can admit that. Mm-hmm. And what makes conversations like this so hard to have or think about daily is that the reality of what we consider 
proof um you know and, and, and like like de- a definitive answer definitive logic to justify whether we should believe in you know in, in in an omnipotent god that we can't see the reality is whether we admit it or not whether the church admits it or not is that that is a conundrum that all of us deal with pretty much daily whether or whether or not we really think about it or not it's 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 a part of who we are you know a people that say that they are christians and that they believe in god it, it, it is a part of who they are is that idea of we believe in this god despite having well, just to say it blatantly basically no definitive proof in our own personal lives despite what we believe we've seen or experienced or what we believe others have um and the to a lot of people rightfully so i'm not saying this in a way that's like you know you're not strong enough or shaming or anything because i deal with it on myself by myself a lot too for a lot of people having to have that mental battle every every sunday sounds exhausting and scary because a lot of people don't want to think about a reality where they're not a christian because um, that is more frightening. That's that's more frightening, e- even than the idea that God might not exist. <laughs> Sometimes the 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 idea that ah, I'm worried that I'm going to think too much about something and change what I believe, and it, it's a scary thought. So thinking of a church where that is like those sort of questions are asked like on the regular, you could say it sounds like that's almost the enemy of a church. Is, is, and I can I can see uh, not I hope I'm not putting my argument as your argument like saying that whatever but like I can see that idea almost like yeah. where if that is what your idea or I mean even almost objectively historically like what churches have been like of, I can see why all, you know encouraging information and discussions like this could be considered the enemy of it. Um, if a church's i you know but I, if a church's identity is based in staying alive and believing something despite anything well and i think um the reality is actually quite the opposite by shutting down those conversations and forcing people to repress it just causes people to get more and more embittered towards it you're going to build generations of people who believe something that they don't truly believe in and then when it comes down to having I don't even want to say faith because I want to take it out of a religious aspect entirely. When they get to a point where their beliefs of reality have to be challenged and they have mm-hmm. to look at themselves and they have, they have to look at it and like justify it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have just been going along because they feel forced or because they're too scared because th- they haven't been able to have an environment where people are able to you know talk about those things like a lot of those people break down absolutely some people some people you know maybe harden their hearts and go further in to to shaming others for not believing what they believe despite evidence some people you know do a 180 and 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 stop believing everything that they believe for their entire life like it's it's a scary thing because Ultimately, as human beings, you know, we want to justify our existence in any way we can. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's been the reality since the beginning of mankind. Yes. Um, I, th- I, know, I know we're way over time. We're way over time. And we I, are. But, I, I, but think I think it has to this, be. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I know we're already at 35 minutes or more. I wouldn't 
want to bring up more stuff if I didn't think it was important. But as quickly and concisely as I can try to do it, my reason to the best that I can like think and say at this moment for, for believing in Christianity or, or, or being a Christian, um, I'm, I'm very, very, very loose in like my very specific beliefs about my faith. But I believe that there is a higher power, and I believe that this that God will just say, "Create." You know, I believe that in however the way that this higher power did it, created everything that there is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that all you know through all these different cultures throughout all of time and all these different religions at a time, I I know that they have been maybe created or, or definitely used in a lot of instances to have control over people and, and, and form society. But I think that I would be doing a disservice to all those people throughout time to say that all religion was solely created for that purpose. Because I think that religion, including Christianity, in some way came to be popular belief because because of human experience. And I think that all religion has some of that in there. And I, and I think that Christianity and the way that Christianity um, portrays their belief on who God is and, you know, through, through the gospel, through their telling of the gospel and through, through their, this story that God, that the God that they believe exists or this higher power that exists loves humanity that he that this god let's just say theoretically would send his son to die to wipe clean this idea their idea of what sin is away i believe that in some aspect a higher power with that sort of intention and direct um yeah d- direct in an in, in intentional um action i don't know to 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 be with his creation in some way i believe that that higher power does exist because i don't think that not even just christianity but most religions that have a similar depiction of god i don't think that they would exist if there wasn't some of that just blatantly present to people at some point mm-hmm. um and and ultimately for me sorry i'm gonna steal it from were you done i apologize i i think just about i I don't know how many details of, of the Bible or of scripture happened in the way that we say things happened. Um, I believe that the purpose of, of why we believe God loves us and why we believe Jesus Christ was so important, you know, in, in, in the, the purpose of a God who is above all of us having a son who is sent to live among humans, to be a human, and then die for all humans, to die for the humanity that that God created. I believe that regardless of exactly how things looked at the time that that happened, um, or even if they happened at all, I believe they happened, but I acknowledge that I don't have any proof of it. Mm -hmm. But I believe that that faith, a faith in that sort of God or a faith in that sort of purpose is real and important. And that's why I believe that Jesus in however he existed, existed and that God did create us and has had and has intentions of being with that creation and however it looks. I just believe that it didn't come from nowhere. Mm -hmm. 
and that's what's important to me above anything. Um, and so for for me now, sorry, mm-hmm. I think that that felt like your actual conclusion. Yeah, that's probably um, the best I can get to. For me, one of the reasons why I encourage people to to talk about their doubts and and to do do the hard work of of do I really believe this is because I personally I very much trust the Holy Spirit. You know, scripture shows us that the Holy Spirit is how we come to God. It's not me magically coming up with the best, most articulate argument in the universe. Mm -hmm. But it is necessary, that personal connection, um, which which is prevalent, especially in in Wesleyan denominations, with the the fact that experience is something that is considered very high up in in the necessary ways that we experience our faith. Yeah. (laughs) I said experience and then experience again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love it. Um, and I, th- I, especially because the God that was the God of Jesus, Jesus as God was such, such as the opposite of what people were teaching at that time. And it's the opposite of, in a lot of ways of our own natural tendencies. It was the opposite of church at the time of church leaders. Yes. Yeah. And to me... Again, through through that, through through acknowledging, there there's a lot of reasons that then I believe, like, my belief in one thing extends to belief in others. You know, I believe in Christ, and therefore I believe in Scripture. I believe in you know, that that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, I think that we need to talk about our doubts because I think the Holy Spirit moves and acts whenever people are willing to sit down and talk about God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever yep. that happens, however that happens, whatever that looks like. And, and we forget that scripture promises us that God is present even where we aren't. Like the church, quote unquote, even where the church isn't, God already is. And how the Holy Spirit is moving and acting in other places. I think that there's lots of things that could look like, lots of ways that could look like. Mm-hmm. And that is Christ acting in the world today. And so that's that to me is why it's so important to talk about these doubts, to to address these yeah. address these things, and to to acknowledge at the end of the day, instead of saying "ha, gotcha, perfect argument," that we say, "Yeah, this is a struggle. It's a struggle of faith, and we're here so we can we can talk about that and encounter the true God." Does that make any sense, Kate? Did you have any closing sense. thoughts? Not really. No. That's fair. Uh, She's just like, I want to get out of here. We've been <laughs> on this episode for so long. It's yeah, we, the we longest did go one. Double. We're almost double now. Yeah, we're it's almost true. at like 45 minutes. Yeah. So for all of us here at Church of Stupid. Well, can we do like a we love you or something and thank you for listening or like. I know I'm, I know we're late, but it just felt like a very abrupt ending. All right, everybody. Um, <laughs> thank you for tuning in and listening to us on this Thursday episode. We'll be back on Tuesday with more. Um, I don't know what. Because Ruth hasn't told me the topic yet, so now I can't give you a proper uh, send off. Um, wow, it's on the drive. Yeah, it's on the Google Drive. I made it all pretty. I made it all pretty. It's a spreadsheet. Womp womp. Thank you, special guest Kate, for having my back. So yes, on that find one. us uh-huh. on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify. Anchor posts us at a lot of different places. Apple Music. Uh, share us with a friend uh, comment tell us about what you think about this discussion tell us what your doubts are maybe somebody yep. else will be able to help you think through it um, but for all of us here at Church of Stupid comma but I'm Andy I'm Ruth I'm Elijah and I'm Kate and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your week <laughs>